0: Welcome back to the Alfredis Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Tired. And? And Ben. And Ben. And today Ben, we're joined by returning guest Laura. Hello. Ben's a grumpy, tired boy because it's well past our bedtimes because today we thought a better way to celebrate a regular Wednesday evening <laughs> than go and see the latest Marvel flick because this week we are talking about the reinvention of Captain Marvel,
1: I was going to do a drum roll for the ridiculous theme of the month, oh, but yeah, uh, but that's it's the reinvention.
0: So we've Captain Marvel, obviously, is, is a 2019 action thriller, and is the 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <coughs> Holy shit, there's 21 of them. They're legal. They can buy yeah. some books.
2: <laughs> How
0: in America? Mm-hmm. How
2: many of them did we watch up to? All
0: we of them. watched 19 of them. Yeah. No, 18 of them before yeah. Infinity War. in Infinity War. I haven't War. seen
2: the second ant-man film so yeah
0: so neither have i more ant-man and then this so we're at 20 because no one saw the second no Man, <laughs> except for the whole of china um oh yeah yeah china is the thing that makes these guys money before we get into the summary i want to just get a quick round table what did you guys think let's start with ben it was good yeah it was good huh
1: very tired
0: yeah Ben's struggling <laughs> uh laura what you reckon
2: i had a great time <laughs>
0: I I was at a few points like I was like I was not punching the air but I was into. It. I mean, we, didn't we, punch we me. We will talk about this well, at length. You were not sitting next time. to me, so I no, couldn't. But yeah.
2: I definitely had a, a great
0: time. I had a blast. I will say that there was a few moments in the film that were very tense. That I was very chill for. That Laura jumped at the the twist. Which I was... Laura like that preempt- happened like four Laura, times. Laura
1: will preemptively jump at things as well. You well, scared she, me like... twice. <laughs> There was a point so where Laura you, there, was a point, there was a point where Laura jumped before the jump happened. <laughs> right. Like Laura jumped and coming. I was like, Yeah, I know, exactly. I knew, I, it was coming. I knew it was coming as
0: well, but like you preemptively jumped and I was like, Laura, it hasn't happened yet. And then it happened <laughs> then it and happened. you jumped again. <laughs> there was a lot of that in this in this particular film though, where there was a long shot and then you were like, oh, something's gonna happen and then someone fired a gun from off screen. Yeah. There was a lot of that. Um Okay, so I'll get into my summary, which is clunky <laughs> than usual because I wrote it walking out of the theater. All right, I'm going to have power now. Um, Ben's going to chill out for a minute. You can lie on the sofa oh, if you want. Please no, don't do that because then you'll never get up again. <laughs> in the recent past, Verz wakes up on an alien world uh, amid her life as a Kree operative in training to defeat the ongoing threat a shape-shifting evil race named the Skrull. Her mentor, yon encourages her to work on controlling her, emo- her emotions and her consequent powers. As the story goes on, it becomes increasingly kill- increasingly clear that Vers is no regular Kree. She has memories from a life on Earth that haunt her dreams. After a disastrous mission to collapse a Kree-invading force, Vers is captured and her memories are probed. She comes to learn that her memories are from Earth and involve an Earth scientist, Dr. Lawson, who is working on light-speed travel. Carol crash-lands on Earth and, with Nick Fury's assistance, learns that the Skrull have invaded Earth, led by a Skrull named Talos. After reconnecting with her ex-best friend Maria Rambo and her daughter, Carol starts to realise she had a life on Earth that she can't quite recall. Carol and Talos talk, and with her memories partially restored thanks to the black box from her crash with Marvell, Carol finally comes to realise that the Kree are hunting the Skrull, not saving the galaxy. Carol finally recalls how she gained her powers. During a flight with Marvell, they were shot down by the Kree, hunted by none other than her former mentor, Yon-Rogg. In the final moments of their confrontation, Verse destroys the ship's core, gifting her powers at the expense of her memories. With Talos's help, Carol and the team head to Marvell's orbiting research base to recover the power core to stop the Kree. A struggle over the power core ensues, and we learn that it is in fact none other than the Tesseract. Carol is captured, but realizing her true power is not her abilities, but her inner strength, she overcomes the Kree and saves the Skrull refugees hiding aboard Marvel's ship. Carol and Co. protect the refugees who make it safely back to Earth, and with her newfound strength, Carol scares off Ronan and the Kree for the time being. Determined to dismantle the Kree's rule, Carol leaves Earth offering Nick Fury a single pager should an emergency arrive. Credits. Uh, So, like, the, the Kree are in, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, right? Well, uh, so the uh, so the well the Kree are in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. So Ronan the Accuser is the main bad guy in the first yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy film. Yes. He's to do with the hammer in this film in the ship. Yeah, honest, yeah I picked me up on a second that. So to
2: figure out, like, I was like, wait a minute, but <clears throat> is he a Kree? bad guy?
0: Yes. Well, so the Kree are the the Kree are the the Kree are a race. The Kree are a culture. The Skrull are the ethnicity that can shape shift and transform. They're an alien yeah. race, whereas the Kree is like a collective civilization. Yeah. Um so I guess but this Agents of Shield. I don't know because I haven't watched more than a few episodes, okay. so I can't <laughs> comment oh on Agents of Shield. We're
1: real Marvel fans here. Yeah. Um yeah,
0: yeah I couldn't I couldn't help you on that one. <laughs> Basically no apparently everyone wa- like it's making a lot of money, so I guess everyone's watching it. Yeah. They definitely the not- scroller <laughs> definitely in there. I don't know about the Kree
1: um, I think it's the opposite of the way around. Other way around? <laughs> yep. The Korea the and the scroll.
0: So this film, I mean obviously like the Skrull in the in the comic books are a great way to like have a bunch of twists on characters you're familiar with. So when Captain America was a Nazi, that was turned out to be a Skrull. Like they, they're a great device for that kind of thing yeah. where you okay. can you can tell a different interpretation of a character. Um, there was a big theory that one big Marvel player in the cinematic universe would be a scroll if they were going with the evil scroll storyline. Seems that's not the case. The scroll yeah. like
2: Yeah, they're like good peaceful people. Neutral yeah. kind of
0: race. Um yeah. They just
2: want a home.
0: I'm I still think that clean shaven Captain America must be a scroll because he looks so unnatural <laughs> after that beard. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because right. that beard is mm, delicious. Um, I mean you
2: wanna say something about unnatural. Yeah. Um the CG in the final fight of this film. <sighs>
0: The CG Look, for, like, Brie Larson whenever they CG'd her was pretty bad. It it wasn't amazing. You could tell it was a much lower budget Marvel it, film. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, like, most of it I can, like, I'm, like, fine with. What really got me um, was when the CG was, like, included, like, CG of her face. And it was, like...
0: That was when I... That, she that looked, was yeah, when she looked my like brain a... ticked
2: over from, like... Oh yeah, cool CG fight. Like, one to like bit, oh, it looks so fake. There's
1: one bit where she she was like wearing the the mask, and mm-hmm. she looked like an old wrinkly man, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. And I was like, "Who's
2: that?" The CG that? of her like <laughs> face was just the worst.
0: When it was like brie Larson's face and they were doing cg around it it I was, was, like, was fine, fine. yeah whatever. but the minute the he- the helmet yeah. goes down i'm like you guys oh, God. You real didn't bad. need to do the oh, mohawk God. i was like, <laughs> like, like what i was watching i was like yeah. guys i remember the comics you don't got to do it again just for me like it's fine i'm <laughs> like yeah it does something for me like as far as like a marvel fan i was like okay that's that's cool like a little nod but i think at the expense of making her face look real goofed up yeah um, yeah
2: it was not a good look
0: But I I think, you know, the story in general wasn't too canny considering Phil Coulson and Samuel L. Jackson are both the age for most of the shots they're in and Samuel Jackson's in about every shot of this film. Yeah. They both look pretty good. Yeah, it didn't yeah, bother didn't, me too much. I didn't much. really notice or not that. Or at all, really. <laughs> I, mean, I was <laughs> like, yeah, Jackson. he definitely
2: looks younger, but it didn't really bother me. Like,
0: they clearly dyed his hair, um, and they, they did a bit of CGI they, to his face. You can do yeah. that
2: mostly practically. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to
0: say, it would have been mostly practical. If I mean, I've seen that video of Jack Black getting his beard and hair cut and dyed and stuff, and he looks about 10 years younger. Yeah. You know, so I can see... I've seen,
1: the, I've seen Bruce Willis
0: with a weird... With a widow's peak. (laughs) With a widow's peak. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think from like a filmmaking perspective, that stuff didn't feel too on the nose. Mm. But I was expecting the setting in the 90s to be a bit like hammed up a little bit. Um, the people behind us didn't help. So, what I will say is that the 90s element I really enjoyed. I thought it was cool as a different setting, but it wasn't people like. People behind us is like people behind us in the cinema. It wasn't like a. Fo- yeah, it wasn't. They were a, very loud. It wasn't a focal point for the storytelling. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. It's not like Guardians. Yeah, it wasn't like Guardians. It was like cool Twitter 70s vibe 80s, or whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, 80s, 70s. But, like, where it just happened to be set in the 90s, which yeah. I thought was fine. And there was enough nods to it that it, it made sense that you couldn't just, like, get on your iPhone and call someone.
1: Well, they just they're all of like the the jokes of it being the 90s they just use to set up the setting without telling the audience
0: when it was when it
1: was which i thought was really good yeah like and and that's that's like so on the nose and like the radio shack joke like those two they're so
2: blockbuster and radio shack what do we not have anymore yeah it's like that's that's really
1: on the nose but they just which works because it's first they just yeah they just front load it and you get it and you're like all right you have an understanding this is before Avengers, you know, Actually, and going forward, it's like, okay, fine. You know yeah. what
2: I like in terms of exposition that they did in this film? Mm-hmm. Which is sort of a...
0: not... It's related, power through. Yeah. Um,
2: so, the... what's it called? The intelligence.
1: Uh, the sublime. supreme
0: intelligence. The
2: supreme intelligence that the Kree have. This
1: the time. sublime think.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. How it turns into... The person that you respect most mm-hmm. and it was it appeared as um Marvel to um
0: yes to Carol
2: to Carol, which was a I thought a really nice way of um expositioning the fact that this character is important to her without right. really doing any of that
0: especially given that Carol doesn't know why yeah and there yeah. was a lot of that laid like I think we've we've mentioned it before, but to kind of Encapsulate what makes a really good bit of exposition. It's in that first act of the story, you create and divulge every bit of information you need to understand the rest of the narrative without your audience realizing you've done it. So, in this story, we get the setting, we get the characters, we get that she's from Earth, we get that it was probably Yonrog. Like, I picked that early because I know the comics, but like, you get a lot of that information that you need to put the pieces together. You get the yeah. fact
2: that he's probably evil just. From the way that he doesn't want her to remember stuff, Jude Law being creepy
0: and his eyes are weird. Yeah, but like (laughs) even the fact that he seems very like he's very interested in her visions, right? And like they have—he's
2: very interested, but he doesn't want her to remember either,
0: right? And and but even the fact that there's a machine that can help you remember, and she's remembering in her dreams, and that the Supreme Intelligence takes the form of the person you respect the most, and that she has these powers, and she's from Earth, like all of that stuff is condensed within the first twenty minutes. Especially
2: the bit where they were like, "Oh yeah, we gave you these powers,"
0: right? And that's all of that stuff you can intuitively go, okay, well, when the twists start to happen, you start to reveal information, the groundwork is very, very much there. And a lot of the other Marvel films do that, like, very hit and miss. So, like, some of the worst offenders are when, particularly the origin stories, where they struggle to get that exposition in. I mean,
1: there is some hot garbage exposition in this film.
0: When they're on the train...
1: And she's like, "What does the Supreme intelligence look like?" Dude, and like dude. And Jude Law literally says that he like explains something and then literally says, "You know this." That's like, yeah, you know She what?
0: does know it. You don't have to that, tell her. <laughs> that scene is on a, in a in a video game. So bad. That scene is from a video game when you're in between areas and the game is <laughs> oh, loading, yeah. and you're like in totally a is. you're but in like a pre a pre rendered cutscene. It's that oh, opening yeah. from the trailer
1: for Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah, they showed it like, at E3 two years it's like, ago. like, hey,
0: remember the world that you live in? Let me oh explain my God. it to you. And you're Like, like also, so bad. <laughs> actually, there was a few moments in this where when I worked out about I worked out when she threw. When she was fighting yon Rog in that cowboy kind of standoff, when she threw him into the wall with her powers or whatever, yeah. I went, oh, the pager she gave Nick Fury earlier, because like you know what my brain's like. I was like, oh, the pager she gave Nick Fury earlier is going to be the thing that they signal. I hope they don't explicitly say that, because it's, it's a cool thing to work out by the yourself. The thing that
1: they signal. The pager. What about the pager? The
0: pager, like, the pager is the thing that Nick Fury uses at the end of Infinity War to signal yeah you captain see marvel. that that's in the Except after captain marvel that's in the after credits yeah end. but you don't it's like in in the captain marvel film until the very end when they're washing dishes it's never explicitly explained it's the same pager it's just subtext because she keeps it when they're in that bunker before they well, get it's on the plane pretty
2: strong subtext and i'm yeah
0: like i i was like oh she, oh, I, I she didn't I give it back
2: when she took it to be honest
0: yeah i was in the story you guys you guys are fucking nerds um <laughs> But like I was like, hey, don't explain that. Maybe later. It'd be fine if it was just subtext. And then they felt the need to be like, to Nick, for her to be like, hey, Nick Fury, I made it real good now.
1: Well, I mean, there's going to oh, be when some she, when way she for it took to signal across uh, planets. Right. Yeah.
0: No, like, I didn't pick up
1: on that at all. She
0: needed if she's to give it that back. far
2: away that, that <laughs> I'm a dumb
0: boy uh, uh, that she
2: needs to be paged from somewhere. It's a space
0: pager, but um, I assume that her device in her arm could pick up a pager anywhere. It's like not, a normal page a, where you pager. Pager needs number. to have a strong enough signal. I don't know. It's Look, a regular pager. my point is, I didn't feel like the setting itself, like pager or not, I didn't feel like it necessarily took over the story um, as a whole. There was some of the stuff that the people behind us were doing that made me realize what it must be like for a normal person who doesn't care about these films watching it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like people just aren't like, they're not involved in the stories it's at just all. Like whatever. Where every '90s reference, they well, like, dude, you fucking remember like CDs and shit. Like I was what? like, ah, oh, like yikes.
2: CDs are still almost a thing. Yeah. And also,
0: can I say, CDs
1: don't load. You don't load a CD. No, they spin. CDs are so fast.
0: I, I guess like
1: what like a like a two minute audio
0: clip that's like.
1: That's nothing for yeah. a CD. I think yeah. maybe
0: the implication was they copied it onto the hard drive. Maybe. I just yeah. don't. But again, like, I think that as far like, it, yeah. it, it it worked in that scene because the tension was there. It's optical media. And it's quite I, quick. That,
2: I, I, yeah, the tension in that scene was tight, to be
0: it honest. Would, yeah. I mean, the whole sequence where, you know, there's that kind that
2: of... That sort of standoff yeah, with the... Yeah, you're
0: not sure if you should trust Talos or not. Like, all that stuff works really well. I was the whole time waiting for him to turn out to be a bad guy again because Mendo was always a bad guy. Yeah. But I thought it worked really nicely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the people behind us did kind of ruin it, but I think, in general, as a setting, it works really well. I
2: didn't even notice the people behind us. I never noticed other people in cinema, Dude,
0: yeah, they were, like, right in my ear hole. I yeah. might have been on my left-hand side, so you guys might not have got it, but it was rough. Um, yeah. So then, I guess, as a relation to that, like, you know, the space stuff we've touched on, there was some heavy exposition, but I think, in general, worked well enough. They didn't feel the need to be like, this is space, not Earth. Like, they had the stuff on screen, but they it's never had to, like, like, double down.
2: It's like... They've done like two Guardians films already, and <laughs> Thor.
1: This, but even Thor. Ragnar- they, this this, they, f- this film borrows so much shorthand from those two films, from like Guardians and yeah. Thor, yeah. where like they just don't even care about explaining the fact that like space is a thing. Yeah, it's they like, just they're just like you're you've on seen this Guardians Planet. of the
2: Galaxy. You know yeah. what
0: You guys get it.
1: Yeah, like yeah. you understand you it. You guys we can just... will
2: remember that the Kree are a thing, right?
1: Yeah, and like you guys the... know,
2: Ronan's a bad news.
1: And like <laughs> the like the warp technology is the same warp technology from like Guardians. Yeah. It's the folding and like, space stuff. Even like the the barriers that they have up that yeah, like the that they fly through thing. is like the same that they have on in like Wakanda. Wakanda. So it's like there's so much shorthand in this yeah. film where they were just like we're just gonna we're just gonna reuse a Wait, bunch it, of shit from the previous it, film.
0: It seems to free them. ...the room to tell the story in the way that they seem to want to anyway. It's got a very, um,
1: like, thought or 2 opening where it's just like... ...here's, like, the story on a planet that, like, doesn't really matter... ...and you don't care about and you know that this isn't this isn't where the film takes place. Because you've seen the trailer and you know it's on Earth. Mm. And it's like, we're just gonna sit here for a bit and then we get back to Earth and now the movie starts.
0: I thought they did a weird thing with that, though, where they had that kind of montage... ...of her memory, dreamy stuff that was real, like, it was very disorientating, where they were kind of soft-cutting between different events in her life.
2: I mean, that was probably the point, to be honest.
0: Was that when they were, like, probing a brain? Yeah. Yeah, and it and it was like, oh, what's going on? And then that was when you went, oh, this stuff, like, the setting isn't important, but, like, what's happening is really crucial. Right. And I think that Thor 2, in, well, Thor 2 is not good, but, like, I think in particular that film was guilty of being like, hey, you guys care about deep Marvel lore, right? And everyone yeah. went... N- no. Uh, no, we want to see Chris Hemsworth punch a boy. And this film went, <laughs> yeah, we can do both. Like, we can have the deep Marvel lore, but also she can punch a bunch of dudes. Which brings me conveniently to my next point, which is that... Punching a, a bunch of dudes. As a female superhero... With David. Is that the name of my next tape? <laughs> Punching, a, <laughs> Punching bunch a bunch of dudes, bunch of of David. dudes with David. Um, <laughs> As a female superhero film, it's not super gendered. And what I mean by that is that Carol Danvers might be a female character, but the story doesn't really like take any consideration for her gender into what she does. she's just the character vers, and then Carol e- yeah. except except for when it really does um yeah, except for when which, it's super coded, which I thought we defer to Laura on a bit because yeah. i there's no part of the narrative relies on her being a woman, but a lot of her backstory seems yeah. to try to, but without yeah. really affecting the plot well,
2: it's sort of but it it sort of does in a way, um yeah. So, Carol really falls into that sort of, that, like, archetype of characters like Ripley from Alien, people that could have been either gender, but just happen to be female, but definitely I I think a lot of stuff in her backstory, so from, from those, like, flashbacks, we learn that throughout her life, she's always been sort of the weak person... The person who doesn't have a lot of control, she's a woman, so people are always ridiculing her for being weaker, and she can't fight the way that the men can, she has to do test flights. And that's the reason that she ends up in that plane, (laughs) um, with Mm Marvell. is that she's a woman, and this is all that she can do to help. And the first chance she gets to do something important, she jumps on it.
0: I which is interesting cuz it just every beat of this film makes me go like Captain America. It's like it like it's 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 putting that story through a feminist lens. That's
2: actually really true.
0: It's basically the same it again, it's the same story as Captain America but it's put through a feminist lens in a way that I don't think has ever been done before. Like it's it's got aliens and shit. It's it's basically like half <coughs> Superman story, half yeah. Captain America Except but it's
2: with Superman he's always had these powers with Captain Marvel what's really interesting and this is a lot of Marvel superheroes have this where they aren't born into their powers they get them
0: Yes however I think much much like Superman where where he is born with his power which is um his his natural abilities Carol is the complete inverse where she's born with the ability that matters the most which is her character and her yeah. determination. And it so happens that she gets those powers. And it's not like the powers help, but her superpower isn't shooting beams and flying and shit. Yeah. Her superpower is like being a person who doesn't give up and who stands yeah. up for trying to make a difference. And I think yeah. Superman's actual superpower is his, is his humanity. And, and I, would, like, I think that's kind of the same with Carol. Yeah, and-,
2: and that's why I think the pivotal moment in this film isn't really her destroying a Kree warship, the pivotal moment to me is when she's fighting the supreme intelligence and her determination and her willingness to do the right thing and to help the people that she's promised to help mm-hmm. gets her through this and she breaks free of those limitations. Mm. Um, I I knew I nearly cried in
0: that. Why <laughs> <laughs> it was th- those those um cuts the uh, the sequential cuts that are the, yeah. the mirrors of her standing up. I was like that is fucking good filmmaking. Yeah, because really it's good. like I think in another film that could be very like canny and cliche, and yeah. I think a lot of people dislike this film for that reason. Um, oh, I can see I can see a, a lot of people. A, a lot of the critiques I read were like yeah. it's just a boring superhero film, but she's a woman, and I'm like, yeah, you guys, m- guys, but that's the can, um do you
2: understand what this means to me
0: but also like i think even if this was even if you replace this character with uh chris evans type mm. right um i think it would still be an outstanding superhero film because that stuff is sequenced and executed so well like i think
1: oh it's literally it's this it's basically the same thing as when captain america does his um like i can do this all day line in civil war
0: which, yes. is, which mirrors like when he's and when he's from the bird. first film, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's like, and I can get do this all day, dude. Yes, yeah. it's that moment, it's that thing. But there's, yeah. but I think the genius of this film is that from a writing perspective, there's no line of dialogue. She, it's not like when she's, I think in another worse film, <laughs> Man, of, <laughs> Man of Steel, um, oh. she would be like buffeted by this energy no. blast, and she'd but say, it's the, it's "I won't the look in give her up." Yeah. Um,
2: and they, they did Larson's really actor. well with the the, the child actors as well. Yeah, they were quite- um, One
1: of them like, was, like, a famous person. The,
2: the, like, <laughs> okay. Not, like... I don't really, like, care if they look much like her, but the look in their eyes was absolutely perfect. Which
0: speaks to the director being able to go, do this, look like this, be in the space, inhabit this emotion. Yeah. That's what a good director does. And I think when you're talking about, okay, well, what makes a, what makes a good superhero film now that we've seen the gambit from, like, Thor 2, the worst Thor, to, like... You know, some of the best film that we've seen in a while that have superheroes in it, like Thor Ragnarok, um, Guardians 2, Sad Dad Stories, Number 3, like Spider-Man Homecoming, like all of these different kind of things within the same universe that have reached the peak of a particular sub So, Guardians 2 sci-fi, um, Spider-Man Homecoming, Sad Dad High School, like all that stuff. Um, to then go, well, what if we just told a really good, basic superhero story, that that didn't need didn't feel the need to be like, yeah, we're a quirky ant man or like we're a cool quippy, you know it's, this or that. It was a different type of quipping. Yeah, she quippy, yeah. but like, like I don't know how to explain sh- it. I
1: don't it's just very dry. It's almost like when you have someone who isn't male, <laughs> you get a different kind of quipping. Wow, imagine that. Yeah. It's that it,
2: kind it's, of cynical humor that I would do, to be honest. It's, yeah, it's very
1: dry. I don't know what it is, but it's it's like Twitter. It's just very... Or, like, it's very tumble. <laughs> I don't know. It's not quippy. No, it's... I don't think it's quips. Quips, it's,
0: quips is the wrong word. It's just... Very I don't want to say sassy,
1: because that's not really what it is. It's
0: just, just like, dry, sarcastic British humor. It's just, like, a bunch of... It's it, British. That's it's the humor. It's, it's British. I mean, yeah. it was directed by Anna Broden and Ryan Fleck, and, like, I guess Anna Broden's always had, like, a bit of that in her, but I don't know. It just... <sighs> They they wrote the screenplay and they directed it and you can tell that there's a bit of that like umph and zhuzh of like this is a dry sarcastic film even those moments where in another film you know she'd do a quip and then Jon Rog would quip back he's like could you fucking stop <laughs> like that's that's such a um, yeah it's not
2: like everyone's quippy It's yeah. just her
0: it's not so it's it's not like in uh, uh, the Avengers two where you know they're all quipping at each other it's a quippy quip yeah <laughs> you know quip one quip two quip three you no know? it's
2: no it's it's like no. Nah. Her character is that she's quippier than everyone else. Yeah,
0: she's annoying. And the other (laughs) character's like, could you stop? And you're like, no, keep going. It bothers them. And that's that kind of sense of fun. And she's even like, she's doing a bit of like the Spider-Man 2 problem with like Tobey Maguire where he's like, Yahoo, and he's like swinging and stuff, oh, God. which I loved when she was destroying stuff. Cause she oh, was when she just flies; she's just like she's spread just, like, eagle, screaming. flying through <laughs> yeah. like ships. Yeah, and I'm like, that's it was cool. Pretty funny. Yeah, it's fun because at that point you're like, oh yeah, she is unstoppable. Yeah, like, yeah. that's yeah, so like, oh yeah, that point you're
1: like, oh she's oh, yeah. like the strongest one. <laughs> like she's kind of powerful. I'm so
2: glad they cut short the whole thing where he was like, fight me
1: no weapons well that was- no, no okay my my take on that my dumb <laughs> stupid very delirious take on that is that it's a it's a metaphor for of course it's a metaphor for fascism and it's this idea that if if you take him as being like the fascist, the, the nazi and you take her as being the not nazi it's the idea that it's like you never fight on their terms it's like don't you're okay. like if if because that's like a thing that happens where like you know the middle ground between like fascism and like If and say- if progressives yeah, the other side is just we'll just kill a few people
2: <laughs> I, I gotta say that my take's a little bit different um, well hang on I- my
1: take was just like she doesn't well like she was like she doesn't need to prove that she can beat him but like my take yeah. was like it's she doesn't need to prove to someone who was like she doesn't need to prove to evil that that she isn't evil or that she's better than evil. She, You don't fight. You don't sort of... Well, it could be similar to, like, you know, you don't win the war. You just end it. She's just like, I'm not going to fight you and beat you. I'm just going to not fight you. I'm just going to...
0: Well, well, on one, t- Hang on. I want to delve into this present because oh it's God. really... No, it's really interesting. <laughs> so, one of the key things that fascism does is it makes you think that everyone is on the same level playing field. Right. And that someone else is taking ground from you. They go, everyone's, one of the key tenets is, like, everyone's the same, but these people, they're fucking stealing shit. They're taking your jobs. They're taking your powers. They're stopping you, right? Literally, Yonrog is stopping her powers with the chip Hmm. in her neck, right? So is the Supreme Intelligence. Right? So when you talk about that scene as, like, that, that fascism confronting something outside of its control, and her saying, no, I'm not gonna, like, I'm you're, you're because I guess in that sense, he's not representing fascism, but he's representing a society that has fascist tendencies, right? Why right. is
2: every villain's, villainous society these days fascist?
0: Because it's... It's, a, it's not... It's just that... It's, just, it's ju- Well, it's... Fascism is it's villainous it's evil. Not the socii- <laughs> no, it's not, well, it's not that the society's villainous. It's that in a fascist society, it tends to give rise to more people like yon Rock who think they're doing the right thing or at least have a pretense. Because um
2: yeah but like lately in media a lot of like the evil people i mean
0: i hate to be that guy but it's fucking nazis in the white house it seems like it's on the top of everyone's minds yeah. so yeah, but there's
2: a lot of like fascist coding in a lot of films which
0: is very like pre-world war one stuff that was going around but i i wonder if in this particular instance with Jon rog and that particular like dynamic what the f- maybe that metaphor if we're gonna try and make that mean something is trying to do is say hey listen we get that, you know, when you confront these people, they're gonna tell you shit and they're gonna say, Hey, fine, you know, duke yeah. ju- it out my times. In another superhero film they would. he she'd put down the glowies and they'd fisticuffs, cuffs and, and she'd, beat them. They'd, she'd they'd be them and she'd be like, like I'm, I'm better than herself. You. Yeah. He's but- just
2: kind of grandstanding and does she need validation from this guy? Because He's evil. He lied to her. He's not as noble. Yeah, it's her. like if, if
1: you if you go toe to toe with fascism and then, then fascism says, "Congratulations, you're better than me." Are you really the good person?
0: Right. What you've done <laughs> is you've just, well, that's it. You've just you've you've played on their terms. You've, you've, you've f- beaten them. At fascism 30. agrees that you're yeah. better. You fought that's fire. That's probably with fire. not a good thing. <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah, and that's a really interesting kind of reading on that. There's there's definitely something there about that idea which we discussed previously with, like, particularly in American Gods, but there is this real tendency with, like, because, obviously, racism, sexism, f- the fa- and fascism and all that stuff, it's not personal. It's not, like, this logical thing you can logic someone out of. Like, that's why I think a lot of the things that win Oscars and stuff, like Crash and all those kind of things, they seem to think that, and like, Bright in particular, seem to think that, like, racism and fascism and sexism, they're, like, logical choices people make, so they try and logic you out of it. But it's not. It's a, it's a yeah. societal thing that happens that... Yeah. Tricks it, you out of logic. It's emotional. It's an,
2: it, yeah, it's like
0: It's conditioning.
2: Um that's why the people will dehumanize the other. It's like like there's literally examples of it in this film where they're like, oh these what are they called? The
0: scree s- the scroll
2: the scroll people the
0: scroll and Kree you combine both <laughs> the of the screen. races
2: <laughs> these scroll people they're so totally evil they're trying to wipe us out right which and it's, it's like
0: and they
1: could be that
2: dehumanizing thing
1: and they could be anyone or which, the, it's the Red Scare it's I don't know ge- if dehumanizing is could right word, it's ge-
2: um, because it's the, ge- the globalist human, Jews
0: um, but
1: well no because I think it, I think that's more of a Red Scare thing because yeah, right. the Red Scare was just like your neighbors could be a commie spy
0: yeah, but, I mean, Hitler's thing was that, like, Jews could be anywhere, and you can't <laughs> We are the your floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> important. Oh, Cutting that out of the oh, edit. Oh, wow. Yikes. You're t- so, um, but I, I, I think that you're onto something there with that connection to that f- those fascist ideologies. And, you know, that's such an extreme from, like, the Thanos thing, which is a very, like, egalitarian, utilitarian kind of, like, kill half the thing, solve the problem of the universe. This is yeah. a much more emotional film, which is why when she... Overcomes that that emotional um, societal issue with her own self belief. She doesn't logic the scroll into being better than the Kree.
2: She's like, no, yeah. you're wrong. She's like, you're I- treating
0: people in a way that I don't think is correct, yeah. and I'm gonna stand up for that. And it's not saying that she's correct. I mean. In our modern society, we obviously accept that that's the right thing to do. But it's yeah. not that she's empirically the right person in that scenario. This girl could still be evil. We don't know. Yeah. But one of the cool things about them as a race to introduce into this universe, because they were... The, the reason they haven't been in the other films is because they were part of the X-Men universe. So, they were kind uh, of... uh Fox uh, were hanging on to those boys. Um, uh, then Fox so, was like, you know what? Them. They're so interesting. Then yeah. Fox was like, you know what? You have it. Yeah. <laughs> Fox is doing X-Men 3 again for some reason. So, they have no oh, new ideas. Oh, um. But it's interesting that bringing them in in this way, they could have done the really lazy thing and done the reds under the beds, like they're all evil or whatever. But they went, no, what if, like, the brace that everyone thinks are the, the super duper bad guys are just fucking trying to get by? And they're not good dudes. Don't get me wrong. The scroll, done, killed people, right? Yeah. We see that in this film. Yeah. They're not heroes, right? But that, that attempt at that moral gray area is some of the reason why people basically, like, threw up and almost died when they watched The Last Jedi. Like, they were like, I'm so uncomfortable with this idea of this moral gray area that I'm going to send Ryan Johnson death threats. And I wonder if that that response to this film, where people are saying, oh, it's too political, it's not that good. Like, because, like, you can have, mean, your, hey, you have your... Hey, I'll panel. tell you
2: a secret. Everything's political. Everything's political.
0: Art What's is political. But, but, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I think maybe the reaction is for the same reason, where they see some stuff that they go, oh, that's not, that doesn't, I'm... I'm really comfortable thinking things are black and white. Like,
1: is it just people who like they hear the word "refugee" and they just like fucking start ripping their hair out? Because <sighs> like this I, film, well, this well, no. film ha- makes analogs, and it and it and it definitely. <laughs> I was talking a Laura about this in the car. If I was a scumbag, I would say that this film pushes an agenda because it.
0: There are elements oh. of it where it <laughs> where it like well th- th- this film well actually actually hang on this film conforms to an agenda the mistake people make is thinking that art in and of itself pushes that agenda in the in the act of describing it like that'd be like saying oh yeah i read um uh what's the Marcus zuzak book um what the
2: book the
0: book thief yeah no uh, if if you read the book thief and you're like man that's pushing the Jewish agenda. Like it just <laughs> happens to describe a time in <laughs> Jewish history. Um, but no, it, well, yeah. If you're being cynical, what agenda would where are you going with that? Like,
1: oh, the, the the feminist SJW agenda.
0: Right. But what does that mean? Does that mean like it's because it's 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 just it's the I, I women? I
2: wonder what's so horrible at the fem about the feminist SJW agenda. To well, be honest, in in
0: this instance, the agenda of that, if you want to call it that, would be people going out of their way to help people who are being targeted by people that are, like, oh, people being marginalized by a group of oppressors, which is, like, the thing that people are complaining is happening to them by SJWs. So if the film is doing that, isn't that, like, a good thing for people that hate... Like, I don't know, that, like, it's just... it. It's a very circular problem yeah. that I don't think bears much dwelling on. Um yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to kind of wrap us up into... I
2: mean, the, the SJW argument is mostly bad faith anyway, so...
0: There's some that are good faith that I... See some merit in, but by and large, it's a very bad. So let's faith. get out of here. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to kind of duck us out of this and touch on the narrative structure. We mentioned Superman. Yay! Here's my meta reading. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Again, I had 10 minutes to write this, so yep. this could be the sloppiest shit. Yet. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So this film is the hero's journey, but it's all out. Wow. Of Wait. Great meta reading, David. Credits. <laughs> So, this film is obviously the hero's journey, but way out of order. Um, it works well because the valence shifts still exist. In the same way that 500 Days of Summer, which you pointed out that I never fucking realized until ah. the episode, that that film uses its time shifts to realign the valence shifts within yes. the film. This film does the same thing with its chronology. Um, they just don't always mix and match well. It leads to some scenes feeling weird at times where... There's a, there's a sequence at the farmstead where Talos and Carol... Uh, where everyone's just... They've listened to the black box and... Um we go into the scene in this very negatively charged environment where we learn that Yonrog is lying and he's like this, you know, big conspiracy thing happening. So they listen to the black box and Carol remembers everything. And she's like, Oh, it was Yonrog that shot Marvel," And that's like a big negative jilt in the scene and you can have like this big negative valence shift. Um and she goes through this huge identity crisis and it's it's her friend there. Um it's it's in that moment uh where they're sort of they're they in the grass. Um, and and with uh, Rambo, where she kind of realizes that it's not her past and it's not her memories, but it's like who she still is that makes her like Carol Danvers, and they have that nice hug. Um, but on the back of that, there's this conversation that half finishes where she's talking to Talos about like the Kree and like the Skrull and whether she believes him or not, and then it kind of weirdly shifts into being about friendship. And there's no resolution to the thing that happened before because the two scenes aren't really related. Like, right. there's, like, two scenes happening at once where yeah. one of them is her remembering and then kind of from that realizing that the Kree are the bad dudes or at least John rogg is a bad dude. And there's also this other whole scene happening at the same time where it's her remembering that she's Carol Danvers and that Rambo is, like, a good friend of hers and the the, the value she had. But they kind of don't really have a lot to do with each other in the scene despite being... Super connected in the narrative, and the the rest of that scene just feels very flat because there's no shifts anymore. Because both things are part, po- it's like you go from negative to positive, then positive, then positive, and then they're like, Okay, let's go after them together. And you're like, Oh, it-
1: and then like it cuts to a scene where yeah, Mr. Mean Green Boy meets a fake Captain Marvel in back in her green yeah, suit, yeah, when yeah, yeah and, and he it- just kind of. Dies and, and you're like, wait,
0: who was that? Yeah, that there's...
2: was the science guy. Yeah, I don't think
0: that was the science. Uh, yeah, no, it was I think... the science. Oh, it could have. It, but it, the thing is, it doesn't matter in the. The science uh, guy
2: wasn't in the plane uh, with them. Uh, why would it? I think he sacrificed himself. It doesn't matter who Biden the Scrawl is. Time or some shit. But
0: but why, why is that scene in? Them? <laughs> what is to it at? Delay them. Well, or they some needed some
1: to. Shit, well, meant. it needs to add um, the narrative that yeah, Greenie Boy knows that knows that she knows that she knows. That's
0: what they needed. to do. There are so. There, there are so like, there are many ways. Of ways to do, to do that, but that are literally anything like any amount of rewrites. And again, they could have fixed they could that could have been a reshoot. I don't know. But it just coming off the back of that scene, it needed something big and negative immediately. It needed like a punch to the narrative drive. Yeah. And it's not there. And it's like him shooting some random scroll. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I think I was Pretty like, Pretty sure oh, that okay. was the science
2: guy though.
0: It could have, no. it doesn't matter. It, well, the thing is, the fact that we don't remember means it didn't. Yeah. There, <laughs> was,
2: there was only two scrolls. Or whatever.
1: Yeah. Pretty much And left. I guess he would, only the science guy would know that she knows. And would be able to tell him. Uh-huh.
2: There were two of them there. I yeah. assume that was the two of them. that Because in the end, there was he's just the on one the guy on the yeah. ship with them. And Look, the it, one that caused the, the diversion. Could have been
0: the science guy. My problem with it is a structural issue, not necessarily a, a scene work issue. Right. Um... But I guess where I'm going with this is that those kinds of things add up after a while, and in a hero's journey that is supposed to be a mix between the Superman story and the Captain America story, I just don't know that it nails either. It manages to be its own beast, but I think, like, from a Superman perspective, the character doesn't know where they're from and has no memory of their home, but has a lot of promise. They have a lot of people they trust and tries to contribute to society but fails and feels isolated and they must confront their true past. They go through an identity crisis and realize that their powers are not just a gift but a responsibility. They then reconnect with their true home briefly, come to understand that everything they know is a lie, but learn during this revelation that truth is fluid and good of bad aren't so clear cut. Ultimately, Carol or Superman has the power to do whatever they want, but the question is, what should they do? And it's basically a fucking Superman story and that's dope and I like that. But you got to commit. You've either got to be Captain America, which I I dig those elements in the story where it's very much the reverse of his narrative. And I think that's really cool. Or you've got to be the fucking superhero story. Sorry, the Superman story. You've got to go double. you got to double down and be like, she doesn't know what the fuck Earth's about. Those memories only come back in like the last moments of the film. you got to go one way or the other. I, I think trying to have it both ways. I love this film. I had a blast. Like the 90s music, I'm in. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm fucking in. You know what I mean? Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the the rivers and the lakes you're used to, I'm there. But I think from a writing perspective, they nailed so much of it. All they needed was like a tiny tweak to the structure to go, hey guys, let's just, let's, let's take a little, little p- pick some of the stuff out, take out that yon scene, streamline this a little bit, maybe shave about 15 minutes off the film. This would have been like, people would have been like, this is the next Logan. Like it would have been, it would have been that, that film. You right. know, like sometimes it comes out and you're like, damn, that's some art right yeah. there. I liked it a lot, but I just think trying to do both meant that In doing both, it couldn't do either to its fullest extent. And for a film that is this good, I just wanted it to push over that line so that I could (laughs) rub it in the face of those nerds and be like, see, it's good. And Brie Larson's amazing, and the whole cast is amazing. And I would watch her do anything, but I think watching her do something that's meaningful is something that I will always be there for. Do you guys have any recommendations? Uh, I've been playing Titanfall 2. It's good, it's right? really good. Because you saw Apex Legends and you were like, I'd rather gouge my eyes out. Yeah, I'd I rather play, play, Titanfall yeah, play Titanfall 2. Yeah, um, um, Titanfall 2 and stuff. I it before, Dude, so it's the best. The, it's one of the best the shooters. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize I've been... I spent like, so long just, on that game. Um, it's very good.
0: I kind of stopped. I, I just finished Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which is another superhero show. Really good. Very weird, very dark. Uh, Laura,
2: I don't know that I've been doing much, of, much of. Mm.
0: It's just Warframe, isn't it? It's just fucking Warframe with you guys. It's always Warframe. Yeah, yeah. I've been <laughs>
2: listening to a lot of Cat, Cat Empire. Ben's probably already shouted this out
1: many um, times. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Caravan Palace, namely just the one song. Yeah, on they repeat. released
2: a song a couple weeks ago. Yeah, called
1: Miracle. Totally look at the music video. Oh,
2: God. Yeah, Um, only look at the music video if you're above a certain age. It's
1: all right. It's age-restricted on YouTube, yeah.
0: so. Um, <laughs> no one lies about their age on the internet. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, it's something. It's, um, very, it's a very, banger very, of a song. Very,
1: um, very the raunchy. The music video is. Okay. It's a yeah. very raunchy one. Man, I don't trust you, boys. Basically porn.
0: <laughs> um... Uh, next week, we're covering... But it's animated, so it's fine. It's art, Mom. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a piece of All shit. Right. Um, next week, we're covering um, Serenity, the recent Matthew McConaughey film. It's apparently hot trash, but Ben uh, and I are going to dig into it and see what we can learn. And It's a secret video game film. Um, hey David, can I recommend it? Yes. Uh, Screen Prisms video on Captain Marvel is really good. Pat says Screen Prisms video on Captain Marvel is quite good. Haven't seen it. I'll check it out tomorrow. Um... Otherwise, where can people find us? Facebook. At, DCM Works Social. Uh, YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> uh, at DCMworks Social. YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCMworks. Twitter. At DCM underscore Let me go home. YouTube. <laughs> no, Patreon. Patreon.com slash DCMworks. I've just updated our Patreon, so there's a whole bunch of new info there, um, new links. Uh, there's a whole bunch of new tiers and stuff like that. Some We've, new words. I've simplified it, so there's couple, only a couple t- new words. There's only two tiers now. This is a $3 tier and then- Less one, words. One above that. Less words. Different um, words. And it just helps support the show and helps us keep doing what we do. Um, you get access to a bunch of behind the scenes content. Uh, and Adam and I, uh, that Adley has just joined our network. We've got a few ideas we're going to do for that one as well. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, if you if you want to follow us individually, I'm at Pie.
1: I'm at Literal Citrus.
0: I'm at Laura We'll See you guys next week.